Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Taxi drivers in Dublin say that the city centre is getting quite violent. Some of them are too concerned now to take night shifts for this reason. And we've talked on a number of occasions here in the programme about how difficult it can be to get a taxi, particularly at uh, night time during the weekends. And in actual fact, I had another experience of this myself last Saturday night. Um trying to get a taxi home after Garth Brooks, but from the Stevens Green area. And it is still an issue in many, many parts. Perhaps, though, the fear of violence is one of the reasons that some drivers just don't want to work now at night, don't want to take the night shifts. If you're a taxi driver, do get in touch with us on the programme today. Jim, though, Jim Waldron, is the spokesperson with the National Private Hire and Taxi Association. Jim, is this the reason why a lot of taxi drivers, um, they're not going out and doing the night shifts anymore? Uh, yeah, it's, it's certainly one of them. Uh, Dublin, uh, generally, uh, we're talking about Dublin at the moment, uh, we feel uh, that it's become more violence and uh, assaults are becoming more prevalent. And, um, yeah, it's definitely a consideration for taxi drivers. It's funny you just actually mentioned the Garth Brooks concert. Um, we were in the Dáil yesterday and we spoke to the Transport Committee yesterday and I actually raised yesterday that there was no provision for taxis at the Garth Brooks concert. So I know you said you were looking for a taxi at St. Stephen's Green, but there is no taxi rank provided for a huge occasion like that, a great occasion, and then people have to walk down into the city centre. There should be a provision made so as that taxi drivers can pick up people at a concert or similar events like that. Yeah. But in regards to the violence... Sorry, Jim, before you move on from that. That's a fantastic idea. And I, I do wonder why that doesn't happen. The reason that I got the taxi from Stephen's Green was because I couldn't get one. I walked the entire way down. That's the reason I ended up down at St Stephen's Green and I just went over then to the rank because I couldn't get one at all, despite, you know, trying to try the whole way along right down to O'Connell Street. And like, it, it is remarkable. Can I, can I ask you, Andrea, like, what do you think a driver, a taxi driver should do? Do you think that we should spend 25 minutes trying to get up to Crow Park in traffic to pick you up to drive you back to the city centre. So what we're saying is that's unex- that's that's not um, profitable for us to do. Yeah. So what we're saying is that the uh, planners plan in such a way that they have uh, a bus lane, uh, tra- stroke uh, taxi lane to get taxi drivers to get up to get the passengers to take the passengers away and return up straight away. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And no, I think that, it's a great that, idea. That makes sense. And, uh, but it's also a great idea for Marley Park. It's a great idea for Malahide. And it's a great idea when Crow Park is on and other events are on. But there are no provisions for taxis at any of these events and there are no taxi ranks at any of these locations. And even worse than that, if you go to the Tree Arena for a concert and you arrange for a taxi to come down to pick you up, the taxi is not allowed to stop outside the Tree Arena, anywhere outside the Tree Arena. Uh, and if he does, he's liable to get a fine. So these are things that uh, taxi representatives have been highlighting for a long time and they've been overlooked. And they're part of the reason why people don't get taxis when they want them. Talk to me about the experience of taxi drivers um, at night time. And in particular, Jim, I suppose the, the threat or the experience, I'm sure, for many of violence. Yeah, I, 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 I mentioned again yesterday in the doll that it's a bit of a cycle uh, for uh, taxi drivers. I think the longer you're in it, the more you feel that you might have got away with it. And uh, maybe maybe it's just about old age. People like myself, you're getting a bit older and you start to think, 
well, is it worth my while going out? It's, you know, it, it might be um, a little bit more profitable to walk at night time, but you have to consider your your your, your welfare, basically. And uh, it has become more prevalent. And, you know, there are things that the government and the councils could do to help the public as much as the drivers. And we've said this for a long time again, better located taxi ranks, properly lit taxi ranks, possibly with CCTV, possibly with marshals, so as that people know where to go for a taxi rank and the taxi driver knows where to go, that the people are lining up, lining up or queuing up, shall we say, respectively or generally uh, in order, in a sense, rather than a driver looking as he drives along, there's 20 or 30 people on the street, and you're trying to think, well, which one of them looks safe? Is less likely, yeah, to to, you know to I mean? attack me. And, that, and that's that's the that's the thought. Um, a taxi driver probably has eight seconds or so from the time they see the person to decide: mm. do I open the door for him, or do I not open the door for him or her, or whatever the case may be. Uh, there should also be stiffer penalties for people who assault taxi drivers. Again, I don't think. Uh, I, for some reason I don't believe the courts treat taxi drivers uh, with the same respect in terms of the assaults that there's so many assaults on taxi drivers that they get overlooked and for, for one reason or another it might be you know he had too much to drink and he apologised to the court and we'll use the poor box to sort it out you know but if it was another member of the public transport system uh, bus driver maybe or um, and, um, a, a, a dark driver, or whatever the case may be, uh, the penalties seem to be stiffer for them. Now, and so they should. I'm not saying anything bad about. Yeah, but the, you want to be included, drivers, basically. We yeah, as a deterrent. We want, we want an example made okay. of people okay. that, that, that treat us Can, in a bad way. Have you, um, in terms of the experience of this and and the kind of experience is, is I suppose that Jim, the taxi drivers, you know, the, what they encounter. Is it is it every? Are we talking about every weekend, right? I mean, I don't want to inflate how how frequent or prevalent this is, but I mean, would you? How frequently would you get reports from taxi drivers about hassle sort of situations or scenarios at night? Thankfully, the violent situations are are, are less uh, common, but there are interactions that develop where people. Um, Comparably abusive, very threatening. You know, um, I have I have your name because your name is displayed, and I'm going to come after you and get you that type of thing. You know, so so that 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 type of um, violence, maybe violence, not the word right word for, but that that type of confrontation is very common, particularly at night time. Uh, the daytime work, you know, that t- tends to be very much safer than the okay. nighttime work. Okay. Uh, so the, the the interaction with the public can be definitely more dangerous, uh, or more more likely to inflate uh, with drink. And uh, unfortunately, now a lot of people are on other substances as much as drink. Maria's text in, and she says, "My son drives a taxi, and I'm terrified every night he goes out to work." He, he's often had a. He's often got a few thumps. One man in the car. What hope has he got against a car full of people? I wish he'd give up doing nights. Says Marie. Um, Paul is on the line as well. Paul, you too are a taxi driver. I mean, have you ever? I am. How are you? Have you ever experienced um, anything like this? Well, I've been certain. <coughs> excuse me. I've certainly experienced kind of intimidatory comments and things like that. And like all of what Jim says is correct. You know. Uh, like when you see somebody and a hand comes out, you literally have about five to six seconds to make an assessment of whether or not you think it's the same or not, you know. Um, I have to say for myself, I've been pretty lucky up to now, and I don't want to sound like I'm tempting fate. I know. But, uh, you know, like it, it absolutely is dangerous. But my, my 
take on all of this is that um, just on a kind of a side note, Andrea, I, I've, I've always believed that that the government should allow older drivers who wish to exit the industry to sell their plates and retire. Now, I'll explain to you why and how that's mm. relevant to what you're talking about. Because the thing about it is that 23% of the fleet at the moment are pensionable or over pensionable age. Now, quite a huge percentage of them want to exit the industry and the government won't allow them to sell their plates. Surely it would make sense for us to sell our plates for the same price we paid for 6300 Two younger, fitter men who want to come into the, into the industry who mo- most likely would work night times and that would fill the gap of the perception of the shortage of taxis. You know, and don't forget another thing. But the, the, you know, the government is saying, our people are saying there's a shortage of taxis. A lot of that the, the, is the fact that uh, the government's insistence on all nightclubs closing at exactly the same time. And this creates a perception then that there's a shortage of taxis because you have 10 million people out in the street all at the same time looking for a taxi. Mm. You know? I mean, that's not being taken into account. They should stagger. I know there is proposals to do that, but they haven't actually done it. Do you, you know? do nighttime work yourself, Paul? I do do nighttime work, yeah, yeah. because I, I, I just, and my reasons are entirely different. I just can't live with traffic. I, I would actually end up in Port Grand Institution or something if I had to drive in that traffic during the day. So it's it's a, you know? so yeah. Because so you 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 prefer actually the nighttime yeah, work? Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah, but that's not to say it's any safer. It's no. no, certainly it's not no. any safer. It's quite more dangerous, you know. And has has it got worse though, or is that just a sort of a like um, an anecdotal thing that we're hearing at the moment? Because there is, as you said, there's a lot of discussion, and like even now, since I just mentioned last Saturday, I can see the text coming in again. Listener here, we're trying to get home from town, Dublin city centre, on Sunday night. Everyone that stopped uh, asking where we were going. It didn't take us, wasn't well, deemed far enough away, so they wouldn't take well, places no, this texter. Well, no, you know, I mean, you know, like what Jim says is right. I mean, you know, you could drive a half an hour up to Stevens Green to bring somebody back into the city centre. Now, I don't accept for a minute that drivers are stopping people and asking them where they're going. OK, it might have happened once or twice, but generally speaking, taxi drivers realise that they just, they take the fare and that's it. They just, somebody gets into the car and they take the fare regardless of where they're going because a fare is a fare and that's what's legal well, and I that's can, what's right. I can tell you, Paul, I had that very scenario, <laughs> that very experience myself on Saturday night where I was asked uh, when I just flagged somebody down the street where I was going yeah. and, and I do happen to live quite close to the city centre and I'm always yeah. of the view whether it be right or wrong, I'm just not far enough away. Well, 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 generally speaking, you know, certainly it's been my experience anyway, and, and personally, I've never, ever asked anyone where they were going, and it certainly has never been relevant to whether or not I took the fare. Do you know what I mean? Do you get I mean, many... To me, a is a fare. Yeah, do, 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 what's your view on that, Jim? Andre, can I ask you, what did you do about uh, the guy interviewing you before where you were going? What did you do about it? Which? What, what, what did you do? You said you were interviewed about where you were going before you got before you got into the taxi. Uh, like, if you refused, did you do anything about it? No, I just walked onto the taxi rank. Sure, what could I do? Yeah, you see, no, but you see, this is the problem. You see that people who are doing things that are not proper, shall we say, like it's not right that a taxi driver refuses you because you're only going up the road or you're going too far, whatever they decide on. It's not proper for that to happen. No, well, you see, to so be fair, well, to be fair, to, to be fair, Jim, to the taxi, so what the ta- the ta- well, I flagged the. Ta- I put, put out my hand, flagged down the taxi. The taxi driver stopped. That um, I went to go to get in. The first thing he says, he puts the window down. Where are you going? I tell yeah. him where I'm going, and then he says, "Oh, I've a booking." 
Okay, now, how he didn't well, know well, he'd be booking before he put down the window, uh, I can't uh, get my head around. But well, Okay, well, absolutely. What, what I would suggest to you, then, is that you take a note of the number that's on the roof sign right. and you report them immediately to the NTA and they will absolutely. deal with that. And that's the only way they're going to stop people doing things that they shouldn't be doing. Okay. So th- that's, that's easily resolved. But okay. you see, people are like yourself that you just pass it off and then they come on the radio and talk their story. But what I'm saying is that don't come onto the radio until you get onto the NTA and report it to the NTA and find out. Absolutely, that's what it's all about. That's what you're supposed to do. And even though it's not... Most most professional taxi drivers aspire to working in a completely professional industry. I I don't dispute that, Paul. I don't don't dispute that at all. You know what I mean? But the public, what Jim says is right, the public have their role to play. I mean, if they're not prepared, there's no use... Pardon the expression, whinging on the radio. Like, I mean, you yeah. have a role to play. You, you had a bad experience in London. Like, I should, should be making an official complaint. Absolutely, the list of complaints there you go. there, provided by the National Transport Authority. Yeah, well, God help the next pair taxi driver that, you know. <laughs> that does it so because you know, that, 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 Jim Waldron told he's me. He's going to bear the brunt of your anger now. The yeah. next guy is going to bear the brunt of your anger because of a bad experience you had with somebody who yeah. acted quite I know, And I do want to say the vast you know? majority, uh, like 95% of the time, more even, any time I get into a taxi, I have a very positive experience and I am actually a, a regular good, taxi yeah. user because I do live quite close to the city centre. Um, I didn't have a car for a long time so I, I, you know, I'm somebody who, who uses... Um, ta- yeah. taxis quite a bit and in the main it is it is very positive but look I just wanted to put Andre, that to you because it was the tax coming in Andre do you mind if I just mentioned I know uh, Paul was on the line there and he mentioned about transferability but can I give you a scenario that I think is very sad and uh, can be helped by the National Transport Authority uh, we have had members who uh, were suffered strokes or maybe they have terminal illness or things like that and they must keep the, their taxi uh, licence valid uh, they must keep it active, which means they must pay insurance and they must keep the licence on the car for a period of time until they die before a family member can take over that licence. Now, how ridiculous is that? Okay. That somebody who's uh, on his deathbed or her deathbed and wants to hand over, let their son or daughter inherit their licence, mm. can't do that. Uh, they actually, like, they, they, they have to die to give the licence over. I think that's crazy. I think it's wrong. Yeah. And the NTA could easily address that. And we're talking about keeping the numbers up in the taxi mm. industry. And this is the way that license. There's a lot of licenses at the moment inactive. And part of the reason maybe why they're the inactive is that people are going out. People are going out maybe for old age. Like if you take it that you're 80 years of age and you've worked in the taxi for 40 years, you've built up your reputation, you've built up your clientele, and you're saying to people, "I'm going to hand it over to my son, okay? But I can't hand it over to them till I die, and I can't hand it over to them unless I keep the car insured while I'm not working it." How ridiculous is that? Yeah. Oh, no, no, I, t- I do. I, I, I see your point definitely. Can I just ask you, Paul? Would you recommend it as an occupation for young people? I would have become more professional, and uh, the drivers and indeed the public are looked after better. Um, you know, I mean, like it always seems to me that the taxi drivers are the poor relations when it comes to the transport system. You know, um, we're, we're just kind of treated as the poor relations, like as far as the NTA are concerned. Like you know, okay, I think that needs to be addressed. Yeah, you know, okay. like there's not proper proper provision there, and Jim laid it out very very clearly like, about the ranks. Uh, being lit up, ranks established, all this kind of thing. You know, that, yeah. we need that. These are the we kind of things you're talking about. We don't need the guard hospitals because we stopped outside bloody uh, the 
convention centre or something. You know, we we don't need that. Yeah, yeah. We're yeah. trying to do a job. We're trying to do it to the satisfaction of the public, and we're being absolutely hindered in doing that by by all. Yeah. Well, I, I thought that was very very interesting anyway, Jim, to, uh, your explanation there about what people should do, you know, if they encounter those sort of situations. Um, Jim Waldron, spokesperson with the National Private Hire and Taxi Federation and also too to Paul, a taxi driver in Dublin. Thanks a million, Paul, for getting in touch with us here on the programme. 53106 is the text line number if you do want to get in touch with us. This texter says the NTA should actually start running ads to inform people about the complaint procedure. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.